people, this is Kennedy. You already know it's your girl, love. And Melly Mel. And you are listening to Black on the Prowl. Black on the Prowl. Black on the Prowl. On 88.5 WCUG Cougar Radio. All right, guys, for our fact attack today, we will be talking about Dr. Albert Johnson. So he was a black doctor who he and his family for 20 years passed as white people. He was from Chicago and he attended Chicago Medical School in 1920 and became a radiologist in New Hampshire. He hid his race in order to get an internship and continued to hide it for 20 years. It was a secret to his coworkers, his neighbors, and even his children, all unaware of their race. When the U.S. entered into World War II, he outed himself by applying for the Navy. Um, this, uh, these facts come to you from the Stanford University news site. So you guys, I sent you guys a picture of his family. And honestly, I mean, you could have fooled me. You really could have fooled me. Do y'all see the picture? I see the picture. And honestly, I didn't. If you would have told me he mm -hmm. was black, I probably never would have known. Yeah, you could have fooled me. In all me. honesty. Okay. Is the daughter in the middle? Um, I believe that is. I mean, just I looking like, at just looking at the family in, in all. I mean, I really like, family, like I said, you could have fooled me. I mean, the picture yeah, the is in black and white, white as well. You could have fooled me. Okay, well, you can tell shades black, black and black and white. Yeah. I think if it was in color, it would be a little easy to tell. But I mean, you could have fooled me. And like I said, twenty years, twenty years, he passed as you know a white person. And the truth of the matter is that you know in America, I, I mean, I, I can't blame him. Because he, he had, a, he, like, like I said, he hit it in order to get an internship to, you know, start off his career. But he probably wouldn't be able to, you know, be in the place that he, you know, like I said, he was a radiologist. He probably would never be able to be in that place in that time period without, you know, hiding his race. Can you imagine, like, not being able, well, I'm sure some people to some extent can imagine, but can you just imagine not being yourself, like never being able to truly be yourself? I could never. <laughs> I honestly could never imagine such a thing. Um, and there's a book on it, actually, by Allison Hobbs, A Chosen Exile, A History of Racial Passing in American Life, which I'm definitely going to try to get my hands on to, you know, read more about this and, you know, the different, you know, people in history who, has, who have passed, passed as white in order to, you know, move up in America. And, you know, it works both ways, too, because you have some white folks. <laughs> We um, only want it. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, I am not about to get into that because that's not what the episode is about. But you got some white folks mm -hmm. out there. But uh, for, for you guys, is there anybody who you guys know in your life or any friends or anything from like high school or now who um who either could pass or have passed in their life? Not, not that I know of because I feel like even my friends who are, you know, who who could pass, like they made it known that they weren't, like that, that they were mm -hmm. black. So I never really, I never really realized if mm -hmm. they could or not. Um, I think I, I don't know. I think I may have at some time in life had friends that I didn't necessarily say anything, but like I remember I had one friend who she's very light skinned or mm -hmm. well, that I knew in high school. She's very light skinned, but both of her parents are dark. Like okay. she's, she's 100% black. Both her parents are dark and she just happens to be a lighter skin tone and people would always ask her if she was biracial mm. or like or like you know like black come i feel like if i have that conversation black comes in all different shades and colors and a lot of times when we see people of a lighter skin tone we make the assumption that they're biracial or that they're 
something. Mm-hmm. And I remember she was like, that used to irritate her all the time because people would just make the assumption that she's biracial. And like, she's, you know, proud of the fact that she's 100% black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can believe it. Um, I had a friend in high school who, and we used to, I mean, I mean, she was cool. We used to joke with her all the time and say she was white, but she was uh, black and also biracial. Now, and one thing, and I, and I say, because it, it don't take much black for you to look black, you know, because her hair wouldn't give it away if she did try to pass. She had the most volume and the just curly, curly and, and biggest hair, but her skin was very fair, very fair. She had uh, thin lips as well, and she could have really passed as um as white if she uh. Uh, like and when, whenever she did like straighten or like cut on her hair or anything like that, she could have fooled me and I knew her. So it is an interesting thing. But one thing that I think is more commonly used amongst black people because everybody's not because y'all have seen me, you know, I'm, I can't pass for white if I tried. <laughs> but one thing that I think a lot of black people do to also get ahead in the country is cold switch. So before we actually get into the discussion, I want to play a little game, right? Oh, so, <laughs> so Lauren and I are theater majors, and uh, Mel, you were a theater major last year, and you switched. But we're going to use a little bit of that theater expertise. I want, I want to hear you all's best cold switch. So I will uh, pretend to be <laughs> an interviewer, and I'm going to interview the both of you <laughs> really quickly for a job. Listen now. And I want to hit you all's best cold switch. Who wants to go first? Do you really want us to do this? <laughs> yes. I want you to give me the most dramatic and overly done cold switch that you can. Cold Can you explain that real quick? Cold switching is when black people, it mostly works over the phone, but also in person, people also do it. They use uh, more quotation marks around proper English, and they talk very, you know, exquisite <laughs> Kind of how way to put it. talking proper is talking white, basically. Yes. Are we? It's not around proper, of course, because it's not yeah. true. I can't that. believe Kenny really wants to do this. <laughs> y'all ready? Okay, are y'all ready? Who's going first? I volunteer Lauren as tribute. Uh, no, <laughs> I no, I asked the question. <laughs> no, whatever. I'll go first. Actually, people just gonna throw people under the bus. All right. You ready? Kenny, <clears throat> do do a little stupid interview. <laughs> Hello, this is uh, Roger calling from State Farm. Is this Lauren? Yes, this is. Hello, how are you? I am wonderful. How about you? I'm doing great. Um, what is this pertaining to? So I wanted to call you about your application. I saw that you applied last week, and we have an opening for a new secretary. And I wanted to know if you're interested. I'm very interested. I'm okay. extremely interested in this position. Well, all right. Um, what's your skill set? I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. Oh my god. <laughs> Mel, I did it. You have to do it. Go. Mel, you want to do it. I know Mel don't want to do it, but Mel, you're going to do it. Don't be the punk. You ready? Is it the same questions? Can't you switch it up a bit? I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Why, am I work good enough for you? <laughs> okay. Um, here we go. Hello, it's uh, Melody Morris. Yes, this is her. Okay. Uh, hi, I am Steven. I'm calling from, uh, from uh, Wells Fargo Bank. I saw what you put in the application mm-hmm. last week, and we wanted to call back and offer you a position. Oh, wow. That's exactly what I've been looking for. All right. We're looking for a new teller. Yeah. And uh, we just want to see, you know, what, what kind of experience do you have in banking? Well, personally, it's not I that have experience in banking. Um, I know that my family has it. I've actually tried them for quite a while, so I think I know my way around. Yeah. All right. Well, okay, well, we're going to definitely... 
This is the um, proper voice. You're you can say it's an over dramatic, uh, dramatized version. Oh Jesus! Calm down, Jamal. Um, Don't pull out the nine. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, this is a little fun and games, a little fun and games. But really, uh, to get into the discussion, you know, code switching is a real thing for Black Americans, and I just want to know for you guys. How and why have you guys had the cold switch in the past and maybe still doing the present? As sad as it sounds, it is for job interviews, you know? Same here. Go ahead, Mel. Although, you know, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is common. But I feel like my name is kind of a little bit uncommon in the Black community. So when they hear Melody, they're going to think of a young white lady. So when they call me... I speak, you know, proper, like, I feel like everybody's told to like, oh, when you're on the phone, you got it, you have to, no, not even taught. It just comes naturally that we switch our voices when we're talking to authority to make it mm-hmm. seem as though. So when I go in for my interviews, it's just like, are you Melody? And I'm like, yes, this is, this is the same girl you spoke to on the phone. I'm like, all right. So I feel like sometimes it's a setback. Sometimes if it's not an interview over the phone and you get the job and you if you don't know for sure that you're getting a job and they call you for an in-person interview, then mm-hmm. you're most likely going to be set back a little bit. But if it's an on-the-phone interview or let's say, for example, Amazon, Amazon doesn't do an interview, right? You just submit your application online. Like all they're going to look for is the name and your skill set. They're not really mm-hmm. looking for anything else. And I think it's I think it's so crazy the fact that like we have to do that, and that's how we have to show that oh we can do the job or like oh we could fit in here. And then uh, and then when they do look at our application, it's like oh well she seems like a very respectable young lady. But if I if I didn't speak like that, you wouldn't think I'm a very respectable young lady. Mm-hmm. I definitely think the name thing is a big uh, thing because I, I know a mom she actually. Cause my middle name is Malik, <laughs> mm. and my mom said that almost was my first name. And one of the reasons she went with uh, Kenneth is because Malik is a more prominent black name. Like I said, on paper you see Malik and you automatically thinking that he's probably mm-hmm. black. But you see Kenneth and you, it's it's a lot of white Kenneths. <laughs> I know yeah. some black Kenneths too, but I feel like Kenneth is one of those names that kind of can go both ways. You know what I'm saying? And I, me putting Kenneth Butler, I mean you can't really tell just from that if I'm black or white. But if you see right. Malik Butler. <laughs> Then you you, you kind of already know. come up with some ideas, you know. Exactly. And yeah. it's really crazy because for me, um, and, and and just real quick for me, uh, when it comes down to naming my kids, you know, if I have a son, I want to name him Kenneth Jr. But if I have a girl, mm-hmm. I want to name her Kenya. And Kenya is a much more black name, I think. Um, not not you, not you trying to get your kids named after you. <laughs> Both of them, not, not just one. Of them. Okay, now not okay, okay not now. It's the legacy, now. It's the legacy. I don't want to be like that, you know? If I have a daughter, I'm going to name her Harmony, but I'm not going to name her Melody. That's my name. And you know what? Okay. I've heard of women you, you can name her lyrics. name their child their same oh. name. Yeah. And that, to me, is just so weird. But I'm, for me, I think, like, other factors, like, I mean, I go by low on the radio, but for people who haven't heard Kenny slip up and say it, my government name is Lauren. But I think like there were multiple factors and why my mom named me what is why my mom named me Lauren, but she did tell me one of them was I can get a job with that name. Like she was like, I never want anybody to look at your name on paper and make assumptions about you. Because mm-hmm. I mean, in all honesty, like some people don't, some celebrities, you can just tell when they name their kids, they're naming their kids with the intent that their kids are just going to be automatically successful. 
Like, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. who names your child Apple and thinks that their child is going to get uh, a good job? I'm you don't got to point out that. You don't got to point out that. I know celebrities, they, they name their children differently, and they do have a um, crazy stuff. exception. Stuff, celebrities name their children things that working class people cannot, because working mm-hmm. class people have to think about it. And not even so much working class people, black working class people. Honestly. We we have to think about am is my child gonna be able to get a job in twenty years? Or is my child like somebody named Devonte or Dante mm, or, or anything that is in a tent, you're honestly <laughs> That's the truth. looked at a certain way. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. And like I say, and I and I um I didn't really want to go through names, you know, that kinda are, you know, generally black or white necessarily. But I mean, it is the truth of it. You know, no offense to anybody's name, but the truth is the truth of it. Certain names have that connotation. Like you said, anything that ends in Tay for the most part, or Tay. Or Eas. If you end in an Eas, mm-hmm. Tavius, Demetrius, too. if you end in an Eas. Yeah. I mean, those I mean, just tend to me, be. That's not me saying they're bad names. That's not me yeah, saying that of at course. all. But it is just the reality of being black and being a working class person that we have to think about stuff like that. Like you have to think about how your name is how your name is gonna affect how you're looked at or how you are presented. Like, but, he, th- no. but overall, you can change a name, but you can't change your skin tone. Yeah. The sad thing is that we even have to have that conversation of changing your name. You know, right. mm-hmm. like I would never want to change my name because my parents gave me my name. I'm proud of my name. I'm proud of who I am. But the sad thing is that we even have to consider the fact of. Do I have to change my name? Or, you know, that there's even that line on applications where it's like, what's your government name and what do you want to be referred as? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think one thing with it, um, just from a historic context, and one of the reasons that I don't really want to name my kids based on that is because when you look at history, you know, when our ancestors were brought over here on the ships, they had their names stripped away from them and they were just given, you know what I'm saying, these names that had no reference to their true identity or their uh their history or legacy and that's why right now you know so many black people are so lost on our true heritage because it was stripped away from us when we uh were dragged over here you know what i'm saying and that's one of the reasons that i don't want to um for my kids i want to be able to allow them to have a name that reflects who they are and their culture i know a lot of people who actually um i went to school with some folks who had um african names their parents weren't necessarily like straight from Africa, but they named their they named them um, African names because that is what our history was. I'm not sure exactly which which uh, country or region the names were from, but they wanted to have that connection with their, their children. Want they mm-hmm. wanted the, them to have that connection to their you know heritage before you know slavery and everything like that. But then that's very important. Um, and like with me, I really hope that and and that's one reason that I try to work so hard. Y'all know I'm always busy. But the truth yeah. of the matter is I want to be in a position. <laughs> but um, I want to be in a position where, you know, I can name my, my children's first name can be something that makes them and allows them to own their, their blackness. But then that last name, Butler, means that they can still do what they need to do. You know what I'm saying? Um, I want my kids to be able to have that. Like you said, celebrities, they name their kids all kinds of stuff. But when your last name is Knowles, it don't matter what your first name is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So... That's the truth of the matter. Um, let's talk a little bit about the importance of it. We, we kind of already went into that. Let's talk about how a lot of people, especially when they get higher up 
you know, in society and they become like these high people at Fortune 500 companies or in the government and they had the code switch to get there. And then people start to label them as being, uh, as being a sellout. You know what I'm saying? Let's talk a little bit about that and how y'all feel about that. Look, all I know is at any jobs I've ever been at, I give myself six months. I played a game the first six months, and after that, look, what you see is what you get, because at this mm-hmm. point, you ain't going to fire me. <laughs> at yeah. this point, what are you going to do to me? Like, I, it is sad that I have that policy, honestly, but I do, where I'm like, okay, look, reality is you do what you got to do to get a job. Mm-hmm. To get in the I mean, I feel like especially with everything that's gone on this past year, and like all these companies that are like, I'm just going to be honest, all these companies that are like, we support Black Lives Matters and we, you know, we're against systematic racism and white supremacy and all these other things. Let's be very honest. The only reason majority of these companies are now saying something is because they will lose your business if they don't. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality of the situation. They don't actually give yes. a crap about you. They don't, because you look at their board. You look at their board, it's just as white. Because most of these companies are built off of racism. Most mm-hmm. of these companies' workers are minority people. That's just the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. They, don't, the they, not, they don't care about what's happening to you in your home. They care about, am I getting money from this family's income? That's mm-hmm. what they care about. So I feel like if that's how, comp- is that how Fortune 500 companies are built off of, I, I kind of am just like, look, at the end of the day, anybody that feels the type of way about me, unless you're paying my bill, and you're feeding my family, I'm not concerned. Mm-hmm. And, I th- and I, it might be a mean way of thinking about things, because don't get me wrong, I'm, I never want to be the person that I'm making money off the back of my people. Mm-hmm. I never want to be that person either. But the reality is, people got mouths to feed. People got mm-hmm. ba- bills to pay. Like, that's just the reality of the situation. Like, I have to do what I have to do to make my money. Do I like working my job? Not all the time. No, I don't. Is it my favorite place to go to? No. But at the end of the day, I got bills to pay. And you got to do it. So you got to do what you, you have to do. That's just the reality of it. And if there is a way for you to advance and for you to better your life and better your family's life, then that's what you got to do. Like, I mean, I've accepted the fact Sometimes my parents like their jobs. Sometimes my parents don't like their jobs. But the reality is they have to pay bills. They have to make sure their kid is good. They have to make sure that their households are good. Mm. So mm-hmm. sometimes you got to suck it up and you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I said with it, you know, well, like you said, you, you give them six months, you say, um, definitely when you get in the door, you kind of have a little more leeway because they done hired you now. So now if they fire you, then that really raises concerns as far as, you know, um, the company's ethics, you know what I'm saying? So uh, definitely when you get into the door, you can be, you can step out a little more, you know what I'm saying? Um, and that's what a lot of people do, um, at least that I know they are in the professional world. They have said, you know, once you're hired, then you, you're hired, you know what I'm saying? And they can't, like you said, they can't just fire you because now you, they hired you, and now you're acting too black for them, and then they say, okay, you got to go, because then uh, they will be under investigation and all kind of other stuff. Um, so I definitely think that's one thing. Another thing is um, um, with me, I say uh, as long as if you sign my check, you get the code switch. But if you're not signing no check, then you're not going to get all that extra, you know. 
So that's just how it is for me. So in other words, you got you got to have some type of benefit to code switch. Yeah, if you if you're not giving if you're not signing my check, if you're not giving me some type of opportunity that's gonna lead to a check, then you're gonna get good old country Kenny. Just my as this question, is. My question is, you only code switch a business that's ran by white people because my job. That is another thing. Yeah. My job is. Uh, black owned, black everything. Mm-hmm. And personally, I don't, I don't ever feel the need to code switch That's within good. my own, within my own people. I feel like the only time maybe over the phone when I'm calling customers, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said that's with, a good question. Mm-hmm, it is. Um, I say with me is similar. Um, for me, I'm not gonna lie, and I think that part, I think it, it's a difference between code switching. And just having, you know, a professional voice, if you know what I'm saying. I, because I, I say have, even mm-hmm. I have a professional voice. I don't necessarily feel like I'm code switching. Mm-hmm. If I'm in that environment, I just feel like I talk a little bit more proper, so that way I come yeah. across this is a professional business. Um, uh-huh. I'm here and attentive. What do you What do you need from me? Mm-hmm. Here. Yeah, I definitely think it's a difference between uh, code switching and just being professional. Because I think even, you know, white folks, they have their, they talk to their friends different than they talk to their boss or their teacher, you know. Um, and even when you look at other languages, English is, you know, its own thing. But other languages, they have whole different words for different, you know, professions. Um, saying the same thing. You could be saying he, but he is different if you're talking to your friend and if you're talking to your boss, you know what I'm saying? So I think just talking professional is its own thing. Um and because like for me with my company i know i sell the butler butter when i do like different markets and stuff like that to sell like on the streets i use a more professional voice when i'm talking and this is usually black folks you know what i'm saying and i still use a more professional voice mm-hmm. right now he said when i sell on the streets <laughs> not on the streets but you know when, when you're like a market that is on the street <laughs> i mean i feel like i honestly i i don't even know how to answer that question for me just because like thinking about it, I've never actually had a black employer. Mm. Which thinking about it now, I'm like I'm I'm on my third job. I mean, there are you know there are black people. I well no, I'll say this: the job that I am currently at is my first job where I have two African American people as um not necessarily um managers but kind of like crew leaders or whatever you want to call it. Yes. Mm-hmm. That or, or that's the first, this is the first job that I've worked at where I have African-American people in an authority position. Mm-hmm. This is my third job. My other two jobs, not like it, just from this conversation, I've never actually had the opportunity to work for somebody who's black. So, but I feel like when I'm doing an interview, there isn't any I won't say an immediate code switch but when I'm doing an interview I'm definitely more alert and I'm definitely more conscientious of what I'm saying and how I'm saying it and the vibe that I'm giving off because I mean you know you're doing job interviews you want the job so you're gonna put your best self forward in order to get a job but I mean I think now that like you know i feel like you have to get comfortable wherever you work at. i think now that i'm comfortable at my job mm-hmm. like i've been there for a minute that i'm not i don't code switch as often 
I think of a customer starting to get on my nerves and I'm trying to not lose my job. I'm like, okay, ma'am. So what do you need from me? Do you need me to call a manager? Do you need me to help? Like, what would you like me to do? Like, yeah. I think I code switch when I'm getting to that point where it's like, all right, you trying me and I'm, and I'm not trying to lose my job. But I think when I'm talking to like my managers and like my coworkers, I don't think I code switch anymore. Or I'm working to not code switch. I'm, I will say I'm working to be more of myself, like in general, where I, y'all haven't seen me, but I mean, the listeners can't see, but I'll turn on my camera for two seconds. I'm rocking an afro lately. I love it. Oh my, I love it. So this is how my hair has been looking. And <laughs> but anybody who knows me knows I don't wear my hair my natural hair out a lot like mm-hmm. people rarely see me with my natural hair because I'm really into my braids I'm really into my wigs and my weaves and stuff which there's nothing wrong with that let's be very clear because mm-hmm. black hair is work so I don't necessarily do it in the sense of a code switch I kind of do it more so in being like I don't feel like dealing with my hair Mm, I feel that. I feel that. But I am working to get, and that's why I'm rocking this right now because I'm trying to get more comfortable with having my natural hair out and having my natural self out there in the forefront. Because I feel, especially in the drop, like with jobs, I feel like it's so frowned upon. Like if I went to my job looking like this, especially the area I work in, customers and probably a few of my coworkers would be looking at me like I'm crazy, for sure. Which it shouldn't be like that, but that's no, ma'am. The I will walk situation. into your job just like that, and I dare them to say something. <laughs> I dare you. Well, that's a black person talking to a black person, but you have to like just being honest. Work in a predominantly white area. And I work we'll... in a predominantly white, predominantly racist area. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I'm fully aware of my surroundings, and I'm almost 100% sure that I would have customers looking at me crazy like who is this like this black girl just coming to work any kind of way and it's not me coming to work any kind of way it's just because the problem is that's 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 a hairstyle just like how they do a wash and go and get up and they don't do anything that's yeah that's our hair how we like to wear it and Mm we did something to it to make it look like that so yeah but like, I think hair is definitely, like, honestly, my current job, when I did my interview for this job, I had braids when I did my interview. And I'm not going to lie, I was almost, I was quick terrified to do my job interview with braids because I was like, uh, I, I don't want, I don't want them to look at me as like some ghetto girl or whatever. And, and it's mm-hmm. sad, but we have to think about that. Yeah, and definitely, I want to, um, I actually switched our episode for next week to talk about black hair um i think we had pop culture but i switched it to black hair because i think that's a very important topic that we have not talked about yet on the show um but one thing that you did uh kind of a question that you inspired by saying that you're working like a predominant predominantly uh, white area is you know what what about code switching when you're just in an unfamiliar situation kind of like for me one uh, first semester i had my first class while the only black person like ever and um and in that class, I was cold switching the whole time. I mean, for a little while, I wasn't in the class long. I think I've told you about this class before. 
uh, I switched the class to a different class very <laughs> shortly. But um, but I coached switched in that class. And even when I find myself in certain areas where I am the only black person in a room, it, might, it could be walking to a McDonald's and everybody in there is white. I still cold switch just as I, just as if I was in a job interview or something like that. Um, another thing that someone has told me before is, you know, for some white people, especially in certain areas, they may have never really, you know, met and had a conversation with a black person. And sometimes you want to give them a good uh, impression, I guess, of black people. You know what I'm saying? You have the weight of the entire race on your shoulders sometimes. And I, I think that's another reason that folks call switch. What do y'all think? Well, you know what? your question with a question mm -hmm. because I kind of feel like it can go both ways and because you saying that just made me think um you know I I grew up in the suburbs I'm just gonna be honest mm -hmm. I, grew suburbs. I grew up in a predominantly white area there's nothing wrong with that okay. and we've Same. had the conversation of you know there being different kinds of black people mm -hmm. and you saying that almost actually made me think do you coach which the other way like if you are are in an unfamiliar that is a great question. Because I'll be honest, in a way that you become more, are you saying like in a way that you try to become, I don't know, more stereotype black? Well, I mean, you know, I've had, I've had white people look at me like, wow, you talk so educated. Like, I'm shocked. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I read. Like, <laughs> that's common sense but I've also had black I've also had the reversal of black people being like you know oftentimes talking proper and talking educated is looked at as synonymous with being white so I've had black people talk to me and be like you talk so white or you act so white so yeah, do you so do you ever code switch to like make it to where you don't come off that way like with mm -hmm. other black people have you yeah. ever code switch with black people I actually have. I, I, I can't lie to you. Um, because I speak very country. <laughs> um, being from Atlanta, and I think it's, like, like I said, I think I told you guys before, I lived in Louisiana for a good chunk of time, especially when I was younger, um, even though I am from Atlanta. And I feel like, you know, going to like kindergarten and first grade, second grade, learning the alphabet and grammar in the middle of Louisiana has, you know, given me this country accent that I have, but um, when I, whenever I am in, in like inner city Atlanta, I do actually, when, especially when I'm in the neighborhood that I actually am from, and I go to like the Family Dollar, or I go, you know, up the street to like get some food, any, anything like that, I actually have to admit that I do code switch the other way. I have to admit it. Mm. Do you code switch the other way, Mel? I don't think I've actually ever like caught myself switching. Most mm -hmm. black friends they have. I don't know, but I feel like I'm with my natural self around my black friends, so mm -hmm. I feel more so that I code switch. From, I mean, for my friends, I don't. It, it's weird because mm -hmm. I've never seen it that way, just because you know I am half and yeah. half, so hanging out with either side, yes, it's they're completely different, but I also, but. I feel more myself on my black side and I have to switch a little bit more from my white side. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And I say, even like, I feel like and even the same, with my family, sometimes I code switch. The mm -hmm. saying is so real when people say like, 
sometimes you're too black to hang out with your white friends, but you're too white to hang out with your black friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because one thing that I don't understand is why is like sometimes it's like sometimes amongst some people it's frowned upon that I hang out with white people and it's oh like that's why you're so white male because you hang out with such and such. But I never get tried like that, you know, with my with, with my white friends. I'm like I'm just thinking like, hey, it's the day and age where we're all walking together, like why can't I have those type of friends or I might have my other friends, like mm-hmm. I all teach y'all the same. So, but also, I think it's real. I think you know, code switching kind of starts off like somewhat, somewhat with our parents. Cause I don't know if you've had this, had this happen to you, but it's like when your parents come up to you and they're like, "Oh, who are your friends? Are they black? Are they white? Oh, is she ghetto?" Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know my parents. I I don't know if I've ever had my parents say that to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. I would say because. I went to private school until like the third grade. So when I was in private school, I was one of three black kids like the whole grade. So all of my mm-hmm. friends were white naturally. And then when I went and transferred to public school, it was kind of like some of my friends are white, some of my friends are black, some of my friends are Hispanic. Then there was like, I went through a time period where like majority of my friends were well, my I didn't have any black friends. And then I, my, I had black sorry. friends. My eighth grade year, it was different because in my eighth grade year, I lived in California for for a while, and um, there, like, the diversity was there. Like, it did not matter what you were. You had a little bit of everything in your friend group. Mm-hmm. And then coming back to Georgia and being sh- put into a predominantly white school was like, well, that's your options. You got you, you can have a couple of white friends, and you can up, and you can be friends with the whole black population because mm-hmm. hey, there's not a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's just interesting the fact like that it can go both ways. Yeah. That, like I feel like it's so like duh to be like people code switch when it comes to feel like black people code switch when it comes to white people. Mm-hmm. But I will say when I'm in certain situations where I feel like I have to code switch with black people because oftentimes like literally you'll be surprised how many times people have commented on the way I talk. Where it's mm. just like I grew up being the kid, I, I was the kid who I didn't need a reading list. Like, I was the kid who liked to read. Like, my parents used to take me to the library, like, every other week. Mm-hmm. So, I just, you know, my vocabulary is very large. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> like, I, I have a big vocabulary, I, and I like to talk. Like, that's just who I am. And I've had white teachers who are shocked that I come from the area I come from because they're shocked at how educated I speak, even though you know, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not from an urban area. I'm not from the hood. I'm from the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And, but I've also had black people where they're like, you talk so white. Like you talk like a white person. And I definitely feel yeah. to get out of that stigma that being educated means you're white. Mm-hmm. Because that's not true. I, I don't talk white because I can get real Southern, real country real quick. <laughs> Just so we're clear. I, but yeah. I, I definitely don't, I never, and that used to bother me so much. I'm like, I've never felt like I talked white. I never felt like I was trying to be white. I just felt like I was trying to be me. But then it's like I have to code switch to feel like I fit in also with white people and with black people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think. And that, that goes back to um, 
that goes back to you know the question I asked a little bit earlier about you know uh, set the whole thing about cold switching and being a sellout when you get higher up and stuff like that. I feel like that's kind of where that you know cold switching being black to other black people comes from is that you don't want to seem like you this you know white black person like like you say like uh, an Oreo you know how they call people Oreo. Uh, you don't want to seem like that and be labeled in that box of being like a sellout or whatever. Um, and I, I say for me, that's one reason that I code switch um, with other black people. And usually, like, with my friends, they get classic Kenny, like y'all getting right now. But with people who I'm not familiar with, white or black, that's when I would say I code switch one way or the other. Um, yeah, I think this was a really good conversation. I think this was a really good discussion. Um, I think we really had some great points. That's Kenny saying you, our time is up, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that you folks have some bye. good information. Um, yeah. And like I said, next week we'll be talking about black hair. So y'all make sure y'all tune in next week for Black on the Prowl. Um, also, we, mm-hmm. real quick, just in case there, I, I don't know how many white listeners or non-people of color or non-black listeners we have, but if you are not familiar with black hair, there is a blackish episode that mm-hmm. talks about all one. of the different types of black hair. And it's extreme. It's funny, first of all, because it's blackish. But it's also very informative on what black hair is. So if you mm-hmm. want to watch that before the show so you know what we're talking about. Yep. We'll probably, probably talk about it. So you don't want to get have any spoilers. So probably you should watch it before you hear the show. <laughs> They're on Hulu. Yep. Yep, so we do appreciate you for listening to Black on the Prowl. Like I said, tune in next week. Bye, y'all. Bye. Black on the Prowl was produced by Doria Lacey with the cooperation of the student staff of 88.5 WCUG Cooper Radio and the CSU Department of Communications Department Chair, Dr. Gibson. Dr. Bruce Getz is WCUG's faculty advisor. You can listen to this show and other shows on 88.5 FM, TuneIn, or SoundCloud. Just search our call letters, WCUG.